0: Hello and welcome to the Change in Education podcast. As the UK's largest education business partnership, the Change in Education group delivers the best in class, work experience and careers management services. Why not find out more? Check out our website, changeineducation.co.uk and send us an email, info at changeineducation.co.uk. In this week's podcast, we speak to motivational speaker and coach Adam Corbley about work readiness and we ask if young people are prepared if they acquire the basic skills and critical thinking and personal skills necessary to maintain employment. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Changing Education Podcast. My name is Emma Madhuri, your host. And I'm joined by company directors, Stephen Happney and Matthew Hodgkinson. And today we've got a very special guest with us, Adam Corbley. Yes, that's right. Season 8, the Apprentice finalist is here with us today. Adam is a motivational speaker and coach. And he uh, spends a lot of time going into schools, so he really knows what schools uh, need in terms of preparing students for the world of work. Adam, a warm welcome to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So, Adam, um, how is um, sunny uh, where you are?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sunny Glossop is beautiful this morning, boys. It really is, yeah. I'm in the High Peak in the Peak District, which is about just in between Sheffield and Manchester. So, yeah, we've got the best of both worlds, really. We've got City Life sort of half an hour away on the train. But it's pretty rural where I live. It's usually raining, to be
0: honest. So we are lucky today. Yeah, the sun's shining. Life's good, mate. Absolutely. It's a beautiful part of the world. Uh I am one of those nuisance drivers driving through unfortunately. So I do apologize. I do use that route a lot. Oh, <laughs> the traffic, the
1: traffic's murder, mate. The the <laughs> car park. Literally, the boss car park. It just doesn't move. But apart from that, life's good, mate. Born and bred here.
0: And uh, yeah, I love it, mate. Excellent. um, Today we're going to be talking about obviously preparing students for the world of work. This is something that you do uh, regularly. You know, you go into skills, you speak to students, you know, talk to us about your experience. How have you found it? Do you find that students are pretty much largely prepared or, you know, do you reckon more could be done? I mean, I've been speaking for 10 years
1: now. This is my 10 year anniversary. So I'm doing loads of things to celebrate that. And as a motivational speaker, I speak about 10, 15% corporate events, business, but the majority, the big chunk of what I do is in education. And that's predominantly with secondary school, colleges, universities. As you say, it's a big question. Isn't it? Are you ready? You know, I've got four kids myself four kids, you know, I've got year 10, year 11. I've got one at college and I've got one at uni. So I get it, I get it at work and I get it at home. And I suppose one of the biggest things I get is, it's, and they all say the same, you know, it's ridiculous that, that we get asked this question every day. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? <laughs> I mean, it, when you think about it like that, I mean, I'm 43 now, I still don't really know what I want to do with my life. Do you know what I mean? So I think, you know, the, at the moment, you know, say if you're in year 11, you've got that, that big question being asked every day. Then you've got exams so you've got so much to take on and so much pressure really i think for young people now and i think it's about realizing you know even the 10 years i've been heavily involved in education it has changed a lot you know there's a lot of portfolio careers now i can remember as a kid you know my granddad was worked on the waterboard, my grandma was a nurse and, and that was fantastic and that was great but that just doesn't happen anymore you know they did one job the whole life now not only are people changing industries a lot, changing careers a lot. They're also having a portfolio career. So they're doing two or three different jobs. And I think that all starts getting young people geared up for that with transferable skills, saying yes to as many opportunities as they can, creating as many opportunities as they can. Obviously, they need to apply, you know, young people think that they're gonna, like the phone's gonna ring and someone's gonna say, oh, I've seen, you know, young people. Again, in 10 years, it changed a lot. You've now got the internet. Everyone's got access to the internet or can get access to the internet. You can apply for jobs yourself. You can reach out yourself. Schools, what they can do is work experience. You know, seems like half the schools are doing it, half the schools aren't now. There's loads of different options there. There's online options that that young people can do. A lot of schools have been really savvy now and I know cash is tight, but they've said to local employers, you know, will you sponsor students? So I think the insurance is a bit of a stumbling block for a lot of schools you can say to a big local employer look can you sponsor 100 kids all right they might only take 10 on a placement but they might sponsor 100 kids so all of a sudden 100 kids have got the opportunity to go out into the world of work and yeah I mean I can remember being at school and you've got that one academic mate who wants to be a vet and studies really hard and finds school very easy education very easy goes to the vets does work experience goes off to college uni and that's their life mapped out but they're like one in a million aren't they let's face it you know I think school work experience is very, very important for even like, I mean, I think when I went back, I I, I did my work experience in a factory and that made me sort of like have a bit of a wake up call. You know, and think, wow, if I don't sort of get stuck in now, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. You know, but I think get as many experiences as you can, you know, try as many different things as you can. And, i suppose it's about remembering you know the kids have to be at school that's the law but the teachers don't have to be you know what i mean we've all chose like those guys on the call today we've all chose to be in education we've all chose to make a difference so we need to remember remind ourselves of that do you know what i mean remind ourselves of that so yeah there's there's a lot going on a lot going on but i'd say try as many things as you can do as many things as you can and like you know, my lad, one of my lads is in year 11 at the moment. He's doing his exa- exams, and he's just not naturally academic. And maybe it's just not the right time for him. I wasn't naturally academic when I was young. That came to me later in life when I got this kind of first for knowledge and everything. And like I said to him at the moment, look, son, you know, at the moment you're studying a load of things that you're not really interested or passionate about, and I get it. But the more the, the more grades you can get, the more options you'll have, and the more options you'll have, the more opportunities you have, and then you can go off, try loads of things find one you're passionate about and get stuck in and, and and go all in on that so yeah lots lots to think about isn't there it? especially it's, you know it, at
0: this age he's lucky to have you for a dad isn't he? <laughs> every morning uh, getting pumped up get ready for school yeah. go out son you can do it but
1: <laughs> well, there's no handbook though is he and you know out, out the four kids every one of them's different Everyone's completely different, completely different personalities, learning different ways, studying different ways. Some love education, some just don't, you know? Yeah. So.
0: Matthew, thanks for that, Adam. I appreciate that. Matthew, I'm going to start with you today. Um, you know, so many point, golden points there that Adam just made that you can pick up on, um, you know, kids expecting the phone to ring. Um, you know, there's portfolio careers. There's just so many different things going on, and experience, of course, is ultimately what's important. You know, you talk about putting in the hours; you have to do that. You know, um, what did you take from that with what Adam's just told us?
2: Yeah, no, it, it's fantastic to, to, to hear that Adam. Adam's visions and and his, his, you know, his visions are aligned deeply with the Change Education Group. You know, everything Adam's spoken about there, we've picked up picked up on. In in previous podcasts, this is this is what we do. We we agree wholeheartedly with what Adam's saying, and Adam actually, you know, I follow actually I've I've really intensively followed Adam's career from the Apprentice all the way through to now, and uh, he's kindly supported us with uh, with our virtual content when we've been uh, when we were all locked down. So uh, yeah, Adam, thank you for that, and thank you for being here today. Uh, I think we all agree that you know every single young person that we deal with is completely different. And this is why we're massive champions for work experience. I say the same thing every week, Amos. We believe every single 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old should have at least one stint of work experience to avoid them going down the wrong path. Because my work experience, I've spoken about it loads of times, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. But it taught me that I didn't want to get into a particular career, that was hospitality. So if I hadn't had the negative experience I may well then have gone on to have done uh, hospitality, catering, leisure and tourism at college and university, then only to get a job to think, hang on a second, this is what this is not what I thought this was, was going to be like. I thought this was going to be, I was going to be on cruise ships and flying around the world all the time, not stuck in this place. But ultimately that's why work experience is really important. And you know that is the the narrowing of the gap that we talk about all the time. And just to pick up on one thing that Adam spoke about there in particular was the was the sponsorship model that you know, this is something that we look at this is asking the employers to take an active part in in reshaping what we speak of as being an outdated education system and who's better to shape the education system than all these employers now this morning at nine fifteen, i checked in with with our employer engagement team and our employer engagement team over the month of may and june are tasked with bringing 2,500 employers to the table who are going to uh, open their doors for young people, young people's work experience in July. So in total this year, you know, we speak all the time, working over 250 schools in the UK, uh, every single sector area. Already this year, we've put out around 5,000 work placements already. And this is post-COVID, you know, we're doing, we're extremely busy post-COVID because schools have decided, let's put them out. The majority of schools, Adam, you know, you said, I think you mentioned half and half, I think it's slightly more than half the schools do work experience. We want, we want 100%, but I think the last calculation that we did was around 70% of schools, secondary schools in the UK have a work experience programme. Which is great. In previous years it would have been 100% when they had the funding available to them from the Learning Skills Council, but I think now that they have to dip into their own pockets it's around 70%. And we've already had around 5,000 young people go out on work experience and to hear the comments back from the employers. So we asked all the employers to fill out an appraisal, obviously you know our systems all, all digitalized to allow schools to run work experience programmes with ease, And the feedback coming from the employers is exemplary. You know, it's that one rite of passage. This young person is not known to the the school. They only know this young person as he doesn't try hard enough in maths. Yeah, his English is a bit dodgy. He doesn't like French. He's staring out the window like Mr. Daydream from Mr. Man. But then the feedback from the employer paints a completely different picture And when we we marry up the two, you think we're talking about two different people. And and Mr Smith, Mrs Smith at the school, cannot believe that young Tommy Jones has received that feedback from the employer. And actually, twistedly, that's what I like. I used to be a school teacher. So I kind of know that sometimes you do pigeonhole people. You do pigeonhole students. You know, you're never going to achieve nothing. That's what you are. Look at your grades. Your running report that's come with you from primary school your grades here this is what you're going to do you're going to be in in this in this career when they see the feedback from the employer where it talks about oh, just timekeeping, it talks about uh, problem solving it talks about how they run a social media campaign how they took the initiative sometimes the teachers jaws drop in astonishment that we're talking about the same person And for me, that is just, it's a a young person-centered approach, giving the opportunity to search their own job online, ring up an employer and ask the question, can I come and work with you for a week? It's gonna be no cost to you. You know what? I'll I'll be there, I'll do exactly what I'm told. I might be able to add some value and you never know, I might be an ex-apprentice. I might be able to have a part-time job with you and I'll go back to school a better person because I'll know then what path I'm on. Uh, You know, Amos, we're massive advocates for it and the more work that Adam does and the more work that anybody else does in terms of bringing the world of employment into the the classroom, then it can only be better for the young people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I like that reference you made there, the young person going in and just asking. And, you know, a lot of times you find they end up working there full time in the future, that ends up being their career. you know again it's just going out there asking the worst that they can say is no. Uh Stephen Hackney, the voice of reason. Good morning. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely the uh, voice of reason today. You can you can have whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. You have a good good morning to you. Good morning. So um you know hearing what you know Matthew's just said there, you know, taking the initiative for the young person to go out there and ask. Uh, you know we've heard Adam talking about experience um, talking about you know just making the effort as well you know what what's your thoughts on all that and what would you like to add
3: well it it triggers um, I think we spoke about I think I've spoke about this probably two or three times over the last three seasons but when we consider essential skills life skills social skills as a, a barometer and benchmark that you know all young people young students will need as they make that transition into further education and then into employment we just don't focus on it do we at the schools will say they do you know and, and they'll say they do and they're probably right they did they could probably prove it on their wider careers model but as we spoke uh, last week about percentages i said three percent of the of the academic year or the time each week would be spent on Uh, work skills or careers development, and you said 1% if you were lucky. So, you know, when we considering, uh, you know, location of where students are studying, when we consider the education that's been adopted by that provider in that area, there's lots of facets to, um, you know, to really consider because the schools, I don't blame the schools because ultimately, they're in, they're in a tricky situation. But we spoke we, we speak about academia, being you know, there's two pathways, academia and vocational and, and, and you know, it'd be naive to think that most schools aren't focused on the academic pathway. And I think that the vocational pathway definitely does get left behind. I think I already told the story when I was in school and uh, a young girl who was, you know, not interested in education, uh, you know. Very much like one of my my younger son, he doesn't know what he wants to do. He's bright enough, but he's going to get rubbish GCSEs because he can't be bothered. He'll probably flourish later in life. I'm sure he will because he's supported. But you know, I, I, you know, when the when when the, the, when I was speaking to this student when I was in school, and, and the student said, "Listen, I'm in school. I understand that I've got to do my qualifications, but ultimately, I just want to leave school and go into work." you know, quite happy to go and work in retail, at the co-op around the corner. And so that's brilliant. Bear in mind, this student hadn't been in a, you know, in education, she'd been out of education for a while, her attendance was quite poor, but she was trying to make that transaction back in. And and and, and when she left the room, one of the teachers just tutted and went, is that all she wants to do, work in retail? And you're like, that, that's the problem. We have snobberized career pathways. We've mm-hmm. made students think that if you are not going for high end career pathways then you're not successful and that when you leave school as long as we keep the benchmark is you succeeded if you get the equivalent five gcses whatever it is now it's grade four or five uh then you you know you 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 didn't succeed and so i just i just feel that you know the the number of young people that we've met the hundreds of young people that didn't get the qualifications, but actually did work based learning. And from that work based learning was the seed to understand what work skills were employability skills, and actually secure employment, apprenticeships off the back of that, That's success, that is success, not the qualifications. So, again, I'm not berating the schools. And I always think it's really, I, I do worry about you know, a, a, two schools in a similar area where their experiences students get. So, one school's got a brilliant work based learning program where they do every year, they do pre placement work, they do lots of placement activity, they do debriefs, they have a really good careers program. And this student starts building up this huge portfolio of additional skill sets based off these careers and work based learning programs. And then the other school down the road, they're just focused on academia and the students there aren't doing any form of work experience or careers programs, apart from ticking a box. They saw the careers advisor for 20 minutes in year 11 and they did a week's work experience that was kind of like forced on them and there was no preparation to that. So it does worry me. So, but ultimately I think we all here, we all agree the same thing is, is that I think we just need to, uh, we we need to be a bit more pragmatic, and perhaps we need to go back to basics and consider, you know, what equals success for a student leaving school, and actually, how can we maximise those outcomes for those destinations, not just based on academia.
0: Yeah, really good point there, Steve. I had a conversation with uh, someone this week who, in fact, asked me that very question: What can I do to enhance, you know, my application? I know that I need a good careers programme. I can't just rely on my education because that doesn't set me apart. I I know that, you know, in your talks, this is the very thing that you do. You prepare students for the world of work. You teach them these skills. How can schools do more in terms of preparing their students? We heard there from Steve, one school is proactive. Uh, We've got a great careers programme. Another one's just focused on academia.
1: I think it's about keeping an open mind and looking at different ways and, and understanding that we're all different. We all learn in different ways, you know, especially as young people, even as adults, we, we do. We take in information different ways. Some of us are listeners, some of us are doers, some of us have to write stuff down to take it in, some of us have to read or some of us want to listen. It, it's really interesting what Matt said about like, kids staring out the window. And, you know, when I go in and, and deliver my workshops and I do all different types of workshops with young people, But a lot of the time, the teacher on the day will say, "Okay, so I've got a dozen of them out because, you know, they're easily distracted, disruptive influence on the class. You know, these are the the things that people do get labelled with. I think you're right. I think that does happen, unfortunately. And I don't think that's anyone's fault. I just think that they're so busy. Teachers are under so much stress. Do you know what? They've got so many other kids to teach and spend time with. So they'll say to me look Adam we're not going to let them guys in because they're going to ruin it they're going to ruin it and they'll ruin it for everyone and it, it just won't work and I just say as an outside provider you know please let them in and let me do my thing and you know what if you're right and you need to pull them out pull them out but please let me have a go because this is a different way of learning it's a completely different style of something they've probably never done before it's a lot more hands on it's a lot more about teamwork, bringing out the best in others. You know, realizing people's skill sets verbally instead of just sat there in a classroom doing your traditional sort of academics. And what always happens is, it's dead interesting All the ones that are disruptive influence on the class are gazing out the window or easily distracted. Absolutely smash the test to pieces. You know, they smash the data pieces. They get involved in the workshop, they excel in all of it, and the teachers are blown away. And then. You know, the kids go home to the loved ones and the loved ones say, what have you been up to today? And instead of them being nothing, I did nothing, which is what I get a lot from my kids. And I'm like, I'm going to phone that school, you know, because you've done nothing all day. (laughs) Literally nothing. And they get home after one of my days and they go, you know what? I did this today. This guy came in. Actually, I won something. You know, I was the best speaker on the day. I came up with the best idea. I was the best presenter or whatever it is. So I think it's really, really important about showing young people there there is another way about helping schools understand, you know, you can get people in. I know schools have to do a lot of box ticking like the Gatsby benchmarks and that kind of thing. And sometimes they're thinking, you know what? I've got such a busy curriculum anyway. I've got so much stuff to do. How on earth am I supposed to fit all, all this in as well? Look at outside providers, look at motivational speakers, look at enterprise day providers, look at work experience. All these different things can help not only you know with their workload but it can also help show young people there is another way to learn there is another way to express yourself and i think this is what it keeps coming back to isn't it it's the key of getting these transferable skills helping get the young people's confidence up help them realizing you know what they're not like when i was at school you know I, I was i'd get into trouble every day to make people laugh i thought i was stupid i thought I was a bit thick and then you know when you get older and you start doing different things and surrounding yourself with better people and learning in a different environment you realize you know what I'm not thick you know what? I don't have to get into trouble every day to make people laugh I can be quite a funny guy anyway we all can can't we so there is always a different way but you know work experience I mean part-time jobs the young people I speak to I'm like get a part-time job you No, know, get a part-time job do anything and they're like yeah but I did my work at McDonald's I'm not going to write that on my CV and I'm like what McDonald's, any fast food. All my kids work when they hit 16. That's the real in our house. So when the exams are done, they have to work. Greg's McDonald's, ones at Tesco's collecting trolleys. These jobs are fantastic because as an employer, you're looking at someone that's worked at McDonald's and going, "Wow, they can get up at 5am. They can multitask. They have got people skills. They've got customer service skills. You know, they can work with adults. They can work as part of a team. They can take orders and give orders." I mean, it's really, you know, McDonald's drive-thru, I only found out the other day, when you order at the thing, you know, the little microphone bit, you go through to the next bit, the the first bit where you pay and like confirm your order. And the, the guy there's on a headset about 16, 17 years old, taking orders from the microphone as well. You know what I mean? And I'm like, mind blown, I'm like, that is multitasking, that is customer service. And that is what people are looking for, because. Yes, academics are great, and that's what people are measured on at a very young age. I'd say later in life, you're not really so much, but you need that attitude. And the only way you're gonna get that attitude is if you go out, work with people. You know, it's crazy, isn't it, really? Again, you know, it's all very, like, hitting home with me, this conversation at the moment, because I've got kids at all these ages. And you know, my son at the moment, you know, he's at school every day, 200 of his mates, it's a party it's fun and then he's going to have a summer and then he might do college he's going to see how he gets some of his grades he might be doing an apprenticeship but you go from hanging around with 215 16 year olds and all of a sudden your best mate's a 50 50 year old guy called dave you know what i mean and it's like you've had a summer and you go from asking to go to the toilet and calling everyone sir six weeks later if you go to college, your tutor's going, call me Nigel, you know, and break the rules. And you're like, well, hang on a minute, for the past 16 years, I've been told, don't break the rules, put me on when I need to go to the toilet, call you sir. You know, so I think in them six weeks, wow, there's there's a lot to take on there, isn't there? As
0: a young person. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Great, great points there, Adam. And yeah, from McDonald's to air traffic controller, who knows, you know, these things happen. So, um, and again, six weeks in a young person's life is actually a long time and so much can happen in that time. Matthew, I saw you taking a lot of notes there, Uh, you know, do you want to jump in on this? Uh, What's your thoughts? Yeah,
2: Adam set me up fantastically well there. And this is something so close to our company mission and ethos. We provide placements to schools. So schools buy packages from us and they say, uh, Mark pupils can find their own placements because they have contacts. They've got a rich mummy and daddy and they've got links in, in the city. Uh, but these students here can't find their placements. So that's how we kind of, we, we, uh, we benchmark our services and we, and we provide uh, the packages for the schools. Again, Amos, you know, I not mention any names of schools or academy groups or anything in the UK. But here's one common theme we get. We provide the work placements and we send them over, whether we send them over to our software, we send them over on Connect. And the coordinator at school goes, what, McDonald's? A a charity shop? A a, a primary school? A cafe? Oh, no, 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 no. This is not what we're paying the Change Education Group for. Where are the where are the highbrow placements that are linked to their area of study? Now, I take we all take Umbridge And I can't speak to every single client that we work with, I can't speak to every single coordinator at a school, but I can speak to some and I can do podcasts like this. And what Adam summed up nicely there is the McDonald's headset. The person working at McDonald's, that isn't just McDonald's is a is a brand. It's it's an, it's an industry, but what is that young person doing? Now, I'm probably, better, I'm probably better to use the charity shop analogy. For me, a young person working in a charity shop for weeks work experience is better than working in a veterinary, a surgery, uh, a bank, uh, a, a scientific placement, anything, because they can do everything. They are looking at different departments, every aspect of business, customer service, human resources, marketing, interpersonal skills, it ticks more boxes than many placements do because they can actively participate. A uh, Working at a vet as a 16-year-old or a 14-year-old has been are in work experience, yes, it might be your passion to be a vet and that person that Adam cited earlier, that they always know what they're going to do, the one in a million students, it's great. It works well for that person, But they still only shadowing, they can't really do anything because of the health and safety and the industry regulations attached to that. I don't think any 14 year old is gonna bring a a, a golden Labrador back from, from the brink of death. So it's a shadowing five days, but the charity shop, my God, they can do absolutely everything in that week. So the way that we snobberize these placements is ridiculous. And I do take umbrage with it and I, I have had many conversations with schools, but they see it, the perception is don't judge a book by its cover. The young person can get involved and, and also the young person, then if the is saying this about working in a charity shop, or the teacher potentially is saying this about working at McDonald's, then what yeah, that, that filters down quickly to the young people and they don't value those uh, experiences the way they should do it. But you know, if we if we looked at all the, the Great leaders today in business. If you look at the, if you look, I mean, I, you know that I'm a big fan of the diary, of the CEO, Stephen Bartlett. I listen to that on a uh, on a on a religious basis, because he's just got a pipeline to all the fantastic entrepreneurs that we see today. The likes of the the Jim the, uh, Shark, Klarna, uh, uh, Boohoo, uh, oh, big brands at the moment that are on the, on the lips of everybody. Guess what? Loads of things in common with them. They didn't really value education and they did work experience young and in McDonald's. Hmm. It's where they all start, it's a common theme. Uh, and those placements are what we, you know, they're our bread and butter as a provider as well. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's getting the monkey off my back as well. It sounds like that I'm I'm kind of sticking it back to education. You know, there are clients that the same time, so you know, I will say, listen, this is this is what we're trying to do to support you but if you if you want those those style placements the the actual placements that are aligned for the, for the young people i think that you know they're not always in they're in short supply as well and that's one thing we have to consider. they are in short supply not everybody can always have that placement straight away but what they can have is the experience and for me the industry is irrelevant it's always about the experience and then it's about narrowing your, kind of your, your pathway as you've had more and more experiences. You can't be expected to go to school, go to college, go to university, and then walk into a job that pays 40 odd pounds a year. And I, and I do say the same thing every week because it's misguided. And the young person then is only ever being set up to fail. 14 years old, working in these kind of environments, child shops, McDonald's, you give you, your senses are on overload because you've been exposed to company cultures, you've been exposed to uh, people coming into into the shop, you've been exposed to finance, you work on the till, you're answering the phones, you're multitasking, you're being kept busy. And the last thing we want is a work placement where the young person was kind of sat in the corner, they weren't doing much for the week and they're a little bit bored because that doesn't work well for anybody. The The employer's feedback is, they weren't interested. The young person's feedback was the placement was boring. It was rubbish, and that really shouldn't be happening because the young person work placement. My God, we we take them in our office, Amos. They could, they could work till midnight without busy. We could find them everything to do, not just making the tea. We've got data over here that needs condensing. The phone's ringing. Grab the phone. Uh, the social media campaign needs updating. Put out a post. There's so much and that those things that was mentioned there are applicable in any business, including McDonald's, including charity shops, including small retail shops.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Steve, you know, it's about the small details. It's about doing those small things that make the big difference. You know, students going in expecting to be working in operating theatres. That's not going to happen. You know, focus on the small things. <laughs> that's uh, what do you think? What's your thoughts?
3: I'm glad you didn't come straight to it because I've just only just finished laughing. Uh, so the the term, our students, our students, our students want this. Our students don't like that. Our students want this. So Matthew, I'm going to tell a story now. I won't obviously name and shame, but me and uh, Matthew went to uh, an educator. So uh went to the educator because they wanted to. Uh, they were support with uh, work-based learning programs, uh, external placements, and. Uh, we were with all these senior leaders and uh, that was very much uh, our students, our students want media placements, our students want graphic designers, our students want game designers, our studio, our students want technical based placements, our students want digital engineering. And then Matthew, after they finished giving us a list of placements that they wanted for their students, although they hadn't even asked their students what they wanted to do is what they wanted uh Matthew turned his head and this is the truth he looked left out the window and all the other teachers all turned to see what he was looking at he looked out the window paused and went we're in the middle of nowhere where are we going to get these placements <laughs> <laughs> and and he said listen if your if your students could travel to Manchester and London and are motivated of course we all support your students to get high quality placements, but the reality is, your students aren't going to be able to travel, and actually, those types of placements aren't going to be available. And it is—it goes back to that thing—is our students, and it's like whose need are we meeting sometimes? And it's—and it is going back to that individualized like behaviours—is that the school is a learning environment, and, and predominantly that is a, an academic curriculum, a traditional curriculum, which is fine. I get it. It's just the way it is. It's the way the system works. We'd love to change it, but it's not going to change overnight. And you've got to think of all the other learning environments that we can provide to students. And so within education, their ability to uh, offer learning environments which improve, as Matthew was saying, the really important skills to get them out there into the world of work, the, the basic steps of, of soft skills, and you know, and, and making sure that that's actually the priority for the work placement program or work based learning program let's help you improve your soft skills your essential skills um your employability skills before we even consider the hard skills of career pathway great if you're if you're really motivated and you get a placement in engineering Engineering is your future and you can improve your soft skills and improve your knowledge about industry fantastic but it's not going to be like that for most students and that's the reality of it is, is naturally as Matthew was saying, sending something to an architect to be sat on the corner because they can't really get involved. He, he, I don't see that. Yeah, I do totally agree that's not going to be beneficial. So, uh, and, and if you think about learning environments, I don't know if anyone saw or anyone watched. I was in awe of a lad. In awe of a lad on telly, uh, on the BBC. There's a program, Royal Marine, Royal Marine Commandos. So I don't know if you've seen it. It was on a Sunday night. Uh, there's a 16 year old lad, got onto training at 16 uh when he'd finish he would be 17 so that's how he, he got around it and he was just i'm an awe of the lad he was like yeah school wasn't for me if i stayed with my mates i'd have ended up been selling drugs now decided i wanted to do something different i watched uh it was a careers day a, vid- a guy came in from the uh, marines put a video on that was it i was hooked and uh, he's with like mainly 20 year old lads but there's some 30 year old lads there and it's like he passed training you know, I've got twenty thousands of applicants. Only you know if you get any sixteen, and I'm like, wow! And it just just confirmed to me that do you know what, it is the individual, and it is our responsibility to offer them a nurturing learning environment that will actually benefit the individual. And and I don't to be disrespectful to this lad in his school. He might turn around and say, you know, you might turn around and say differently. But I didn't really feel that school had had a huge difference in his life it was basically him making decisions and, and and that goes back to Adam's original point that you know I've got three boys his children some will mature sooner than others and 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 you know and it's not the case of not being academically clever enough it's just a case of being motivated to want to do it and understanding what they want to do and if you are when I was at school yeah, Adam you're completely right it was just a laugh to go to school I mean, mates. Education wasn't even, I didn't realise, oh, they teach here as well. That's all right, I just turned up. See so mates. Back in the uh, early nineties, if nobody wanted to be sick, because if you're sick, you're stuck at home watching uh, Channel 4 with that little clock that used to go round with the interval <laughs> between the educational programmes. Uh, the very four channels then. So uh, yeah, school was just to hang around your mates, play football and have a great time. And then twice honestly, the classes were a, an inconvenience. So, yeah so i i really feel that um i don't think the education system's changed since i was at school and i think that's a sad thing so people come on this and be really angry with what i've just said there but if we're being realistic i don't think we've changed it's changed too much from when i was at school and actually we do a lot well not we but we do a lot of moaning about um you know why things aren't as they are how things should be but nothing ever changes and that's the frustrating thing is that we're all trying our damned hardest to create exciting new learning environments for young people so they can maximize And, and and I totally I totally believe that without us if we weren't here today at the school within reason the uh most students would just crack on anyway they just would because they're motivated we're targeting those students that do need that support and they're the ones that I worry about that we don't and able we don't offer them enough support and then put them in a system where they were going to fail anyway. That's one they're the ones that really scare. It scares me that we've not really helped them.
0: Yeah. Um Adam, um, just to sum up, you know, Steve makes a very serious point there. Students who are being left behind. Not all schools are, you know, um negligent in that sense. There are some schools that are doing the right thing um how can we encourage those skills to continue doing the good work that they're doing um and how would you sum up you know today it's been a really insightful chat really really insightful different
1: perspectives you know we're all speaking as people that work in education and i think we're all fives you a five as well amos no 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 nope. oh, yeah nope. maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe so it's... Do you want some kids amos? Do you want some?
0: <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs>
1: We can give you one each, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Take a bit I'll give that. you
2: I'll two. I'll, I'll give you two, Amos. You can definitely have two from me, and I
3: live up the road from you, so I can drop them off anytime you want. <laughs> It'd be like Amos. Now you've just done that. It'd be like the Waltons. We will. Uh, well, two
0: exactly. children each. Cousin <laughs> 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 kids around me. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. Go on, carry on. No,
1: no it's always interesting to have conversations with different people, different perspectives. I do think education needs to change the system. You know, maths for one is me for, is a big one for me. I, I think maths should absolutely concentrate on money skills in year 10 and 11, and should be about how to pay your mortgage, what is APR, how to work out at a percent rate, what is the Bank of England, how does that work? And they should absolutely do that in year 10 and 11. And you know what? If you're real smart and you love maths, we'll go off to college and then study algebra, and then study Pythagoras rule because every young person says to me, I'm never gonna use this stuff. And I'm like, you're probably right. So I don't think, you know, there's there's parts of education like that, that I do believe are outdated. And I don't think we're doing our young people a good service sending them out at 16 and they don't know what a PCP is. They don't know what a mortgage interest rate is. They don't realize, you know, the difference between a five pound note and a 20 pound note. And our money skills is probably, the best skills and understanding money and finance that you, you can ever learn for me personally you know and that helped me massively in life although I do think that the people in education teaching has changed and I do think I, I left school probably the same time as as yourself Matthew and, and Steve and I left in 1995 and unfortunately for my school experience the teachers didn't really want to be there you could see it it was a culture where they were going to the pub and in a couple of pints and then in the afternoon it was like right open your book on on page 12 what i've seen now in the last 10 years is teaching has changed the people have changed they are passionate they do want to help young people they do want to make a difference they're there for the right reasons they're not there because you know of the holidays and they're not there because of the pension they're there because they do want to make a difference and i i've met some amazing teachers who become good friends who become great clients who who have seen it you know about giving back but also changing The way things are happening. So, I do believe that the people in education are slowly but surely making a difference. But yeah, I get it. The curriculum for me definitely needs updating with the way that industry's moved on, lives moved on, careers have moved on. Going back to one of my very early points of, you know, people don't just join the waterboard and work ever, ever anymore. People probably have 50 jobs. Um, at any one time, people can have two or three jobs. A lot of the time, people now have got a side hustle. They've got a micro business. They've got a lifestyle business on the side as well. So I do think education needs to change. But for me personally, in the last 10 years, I've seen some brilliant teachers achieve some brilliant <laughs> things and uh, go on to you know not only change the sort of ethos of, of, of schools, but also staff as well, and really turn around a lot of schools. So, yeah, I think um, luckily there's some great people, as you guys, you know, like wanting to change, wanting to to be here and and be involved for the right reasons. And again, the kids have to be here. We don't, you know, so it's up to us to do our very best.
0: Thank you very much, Adam. Matthew, uh, you know, thankfully, as Adam said, things have changed, but not in all schools. Um, Teachers don't want to be there, as Adam put it uh steve said uh, students are there to meet up with their mates uh, and classes just happen to be an inconvenience how would you sum it up
2: yeah well, it's amazing to think that every, that no two schools are the same you know the curriculum's are the same and you've got thousands of schools in the uk 20 thousand 20, of schools in the uk and every single one of them is different and every single teacher we speak to, says what Steve said before, our students are different. Our students are unique. All students are unique, but I don't I don't sometimes buy it that we have to uh, you know we, we we have to put any kind of restraints on what a young person can do. And when we have success stories with schools, it doesn't matter where in the UK they are, we have success stories with with students in London. in Yorkshire and Scotland, it doesn't really matter. Because if you give a young person opportunity outside the classroom, they'll take it, they'll take it. And, uh, you know, the feedback is that our young people, when they go to the world of work, they excel. So as long as the schools that say, oh, no, we're different, they they can't do that, we have to hold their hand, they have to do these classes, I think we, we we all owe it to ourselves to just to be open our eyes, look at best practice, look at the schools that are performing slightly differently, but they're getting results. The young people are going out and work experience, and 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 they're getting part time jobs. You know, maybe one one barometer, so I, uh, and Adam mentioned that all his children, you know, he 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 says get a part time job at 16 years old. You know, Adam had a job. You know, I think Adam you used to work in a in a florist for your market trader, weren't you when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I've done loads. My first job ever was 16 year old stacking bread in the co-op. But yeah, um, my first ever business was selling fruit and veg down the market. Flowers, plants, all that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah. And that was, I do maybe remember yourself and, and, and Lord Sugar, uh, maybe uh, Sir and Sugar at the time when you were on The Apprentice, talking talking about that because obviously he's quite fond of the, of, the, of the graft of the market trader because he sees himself, I think, uh, in that as well. And I think that if we looked at that cross section of schools and the schools that, you know, if you asked all the year 10s in a classroom now at one school, how many have got a part-time job compared to another school, how many have got a part-time job? And if you saw a big difference in the numbers, then I would suggest that the school with low numbers of young people that haven't got part-time jobs I'd probably need to give their, 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 their uh, careers and, and work experience and work-related learning uh, curriculum a little bit of a shake, a little bit of a wobble. To find out why these young people aren't expressing themselves better outside of the classroom. So I'd like to align schools closer, because I think that we still have too many schools that are just so far apart, which means that one young person's experience, you could have a sibling at one school and you can and you know the other sibling could be at another school and have completely different experiences. One could go and work experience, one might not go and work experience. One head teacher at one school could be really promoting, you know, uh, extracurricular activities and, and and enterprising events, and and get a part time job. And another school might not have that built into their ethos. So that's kind of that's, that's that's my wish to just have a little bit more of a closer alignment across the board to narrow that gap between education and employment. Uh, I, I think I think we're getting there because I think the there's so much noise now from these young entrepreneurs on social media, and maybe even they're starting to lobby to, to the, the Department of Education to shake things up. So I do think we're on the right path. Uh, hopefully when we have these podcasts as well, uh, the listeners that we get as well will uh, will, will, will give, give us their feedback and hopefully, uh, you know, if they agree, great, disagree. Obviously, Amos, you always say at the end, let us know if you disagree with what we say. Uh, but yeah, I've really enjoyed this
0: one today. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you very much. Steve, uh, to sum up, um, as Matthew said, you know, hopefully less of a postcode lottery, more of a best practice. How would you summarise? I always
3: use uh, you, Ramos, but not you particularly, but your career. Uh, your, 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 your role was to support young people to maximise their transition into employment based on sound, um, careers advice but then not just individually also support the learning environment we providing um uh, resources and activities to uh, keep that message going throughout the academic year and, and across all years so it's building towards a a, a valid and credible uh, wider careers model so i always use use barometer because from my point of view is I think we're still in a decline, and I'll tell you for why is because seven, probably about, Matt'll, Matt'll probably tell me it's a bit longer, but seven or eight years ago, most careers advisors worked in one school five days a week, and they could then commit more time to support in the learning environment to provide those key lessons in life, careers, social skills and life skills, and uh, if if I'm not wrong, we've got some uh, career advisors that came to us because the school uh, made them redundant and that then they were the contracts that we've kind of been uh, asked to uh, tender for that we sometimes we haven't because it's just not worth it is where schools want to employ a careers advisor for 20 days a year. Now, if that's the mark of quality careers care and provision, I think we're in trouble. <laughs> Don't go silent.
0: <laughs> well, no, no, no. There's, there's, there's a lot of truth in that, you know. Um, from the days of sharing a nurse's office, in fact, uh, one of your um, the school that your sons went to was a, an advisor there as well. So things have changed certainly from you know having an office, um, being there regularly, talking to students, they know where you are uh, to come and see you. To you know these days completely as you said you know 20 days in one particular school if you're lucky so things have certainly changed i'm not
3: like saying it's not pointing the finger at anybody or any organization but ultimately my idea in my head as a barometer is is that once we start seeing an increase of the commitment towards careers learning which the wider careers model encompasses work-based learning so if the emphasis is put back on the wider careers model then we know that work-based learning is starting will start to get more attention and more support and more time to contribute to other young people so when i say use it as a barometer i just really want to start seeing that to come back up where we that you know the, the, the school has got more finances and more time within the curriculum to offer those those learning environments that's basically what i'm saying isn't it and i, and I use you guys as that barometer as the careers providers
2: this is, a, this is the po- podcast this is the podcast in itself again i think it is no. on, <laughs> you know,
0: it makes it makes absolute sense and you know even if the career's advisor is not there students can access um the the room go and pick up applications for colleges uh pick up applications for McDonald's or whatever it is they need to do work experience all the resources they need are there for them to access so Somebody doesn't physically have to be present, but if there is, if there are advisors there, it's a hub for them to come to, to speak to somebody, to get the information that they need. And sadly, that's been taken away. Um, you know, more needs to be done. That's a conversation I think we'll have for another day. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you know, we need to know how we can get in touch with you. We know you've got a website, you're active in social media. Um, what's your handles? What's your website? So yeah guys, uh thanks for listening. Thanks for having me today
1: boys. I've really enjoyed it. It's been fun, you know, we've had a laugh, there've been some really really good takeaways and some really good points raised. Um my name's Adam Corbley and you can get me just google Adam Corbley, my website will come up adamcorbley.co.uk or my Enterprise Days website enterprise days.co.uk which is a cracking day and really hits a lot of the points we talked about before, you know. Experience of a workplace experience of an employer hits those Gatsby benchmarks. So, check it out if you want to give me a shout on Instagram. It's Adam J. Corbley, Twitter Adam Corbley. You know, I'm really, really not hard to find at all. And and just very quickly, you know, for young people out there, it's in the palm of your hand. You know, we were saying about there might not be a careers advisor, there might not be this, it might be speak to people, put yourself out there, apply, 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 go for the interview, try and get a part time job. Please, question to ask at the end of the interview. Can I come and work next week for free? It's a brilliant question. Somebody did it to me about 15, 16 years ago. Lizzie still works for me. She didn't interview the best, but she said, can I come and work for you next week for free? So things like that, you know, put yourself out there. Try as many different things as possible. Life isn't perfect and things get in the way, but, you know, like I say, Google stuff, research stuff, apply for stuff and good luck good luck with everything and thanks for having me boys i really appreciate it and thanks for listening whoever's listening
0: guys cheers thanks adam thank Thank you thank you
2: yeah thank you very much adam
0: thank you and of course guys as always you can get us on our website which is changingeducation.co.uk, and reach us on email info at changingeducation.co.uk as matthew said do you agree do you disagree we'd love to know get in touch